Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Mike Strauss out of Stort, Florida with One Fitness. How are we doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jenna? I am doing great. First thing, Mike, that I want to say to you is thank you. Um, I think it always says a lot about an entrepreneur or even in this space. I know how hectic and the, the day-to-day can be, and we get really caught up in that routine. Um, so it says a lot when someone's able to take an hour out of their day and contribute back to their own industry. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And thanks for having me on. It's, this is This is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Heck yeah. All right, Mike. Well, let's do this. Let's lay out the scene, paint the picture for the listeners, just to get a better understanding of what got you into the industry and what's led you where you're at now, currently 2022. Okay. uh, Construction background for 35 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the economy took a dump, I actually went and worked for Walmart for a while just to keep money coming in the door. Uh, Had a health scare. Uh, had what the doctors call a widow maker going on and, uh, got a stent put in my heart and said, okay, I got to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, my son was, uh, coming to one fitness box doing some boxing mm-hmm. and I kind of just stood around in the background and watched things going on. And my partner, Jared is, is, uh, he, he knows, he knows his stuff when it comes to training and also. I was, I got real interested in it. I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. I made, I made him an offer. He took it. Um, we were just the one side of our gym, which is just the, where the weights are 3,500 square feet. Yep. We took the building next door, which is another 2000, uh, two months before COVID hit major money into the place. And then COVID hit, shut us down completely shut us down yeah uh, we went from we were probably the biggest or the large the fastest growing gym in the county to everybody knows we were we went to nothing mm-hmm. so had a great landlord worked with us um didn't didn't make us pay any rent and here we are now yeah we're, we're up and running and running strong now Yeah. And, you know, I like that you touched on, you know, you were an open membership concept, right? Like a 24 seven access. And then you added in the other half, right? The boot camp and everything like that. Just walk us, walk the listeners through what led to that decision. Cause the reason I'm asking this is not get my two cents here um, is a lot of times that's the one thing that I see like the marks really missed on is when we have this an open membership, it just, it limits us as far as revenue streams. Um, So I want to, I want to pick your brain on kind of what led into making that, that switch into adding that service. Um, I think it was, I have six trainers. When you have a gym full of clients that are working out and then you have six trainers trying to train, in a small area, mm-hmm. it, 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 you start, the, the clients stop liking it. It's not yeah. fun anymore. You know, they got to wait for equipment and wait for that. So the place next door was available. I was like, look, let's just make that where we do all our personal training, all our boot camp work, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll get the gym where we want it. 
and then we'll do it with 24 hours, which is a major, major thing in our industry right now. If you're in 24 hours, you're, you're in a, you're, you're, you're in another level yeah. than just a regular gym. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot though, for that 24 hours, you you work this thing 24 hours. Mm -hmm. You have with the, with the system like that we have, I get alerted every time somebody comes in the gym. So it could be three in the morning. <laughs> I'm getting alerted to have somebody because somebody's coming in the gym, yep. but it's, it's helped us majorly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. So, um, let's, let's transition into this. So right now, um, I know you're doing the open membership one-on-ones, you know, your boot camp. Um, how many current members are we serving right now? We're right at 250. Okay. Uh, cool. Right now. Okay, sweet. So my next question to kind of piggyback off of that, especially because you do have additional services, um, is, you know, how many, like how many people are actually in the additional services, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, you know, a boot camp, anything like that. Um, cause I call those Ascension services, right? Cause let's say, you know, the open membership is kind of like your starting level, you know, for yes. a stream of revenue. Right. And then to be yes. able to make the most off of an existing member, we, you have the ability to ascend them essentially, um, into something that would be like a higher ticket, like one-on-one. -on -one. So how many people are ascended into a one-on-one? -on -one? Uh, you know, to be totally honest with you, uh, the gym itself is 100% what runs this whole thing. Yeah, the wow. boot camp right now is still because of COVID. People don't want to be in there with a lot of people, so it's it's iffy right now. The the yeah. personal training has always been, even when we were closed down, like we did the video thing, and and we were coming into the gym and doing our personal training, but the gym itself, the twenty four hour, yeah. is our main. That's the main revenue and that's, that brings the people in. Mm -hmm. Once the, most of them come in and go, oh, I don't want the 24 hour. I don't want to pay the extra $60 for the, to get the key fob and blah, blah, blah. I'll just do the seven to seven for now. That lasts about two days when they can't get in after seven o'clock. Yeah. They want that 24 hours now. Yeah, so yeah. that the 24 hour gym is what's keeping us going right mm -hmm. now. Okay. Yeah. So I guess like essentially, you know, in the, the fitness business, um, well, I guess any business, right. There's, there's two ways to go, grow. And, um, that is by getting more members, you know, seeing new yes. faces, getting more members, adding them to the 24 seven membership, whatever it may be. Um, and then it's taking our existing member and ascending them into one-on-one. -on -one. So, um, you don't seem like someone that's too opposed to growth. So which one are you kind of focusing on right now? Is it getting new faces, um, ascending clients, or maybe a mix of both? Uh, it's, I'll tell you this right now, it's getting more clients. I, I would love to double what we have. Okay. Cool. Uh, in the near future, I would also like to open up another, another gym. Okay. Um, <laughs> we don't get a lot of the ascending going on yeah. that it, uh the, the our boot camps are mainly moms they drop the kids off at school or you know and they, they come in they work out if they have babies they bring them in with them mm -hmm. um and, and and that's where our that was what really runs our boot camp um the personal training is not I, personal training's tough 
that I, you get more of a turnover in the personal training than you do any of it all. People do it. They don't like it anymore. They stop. They can't. Their kids are back in school they, or they're home from school and all that. So the ascending, we don't get a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting for sure. You know, because I always think of it, you know, think whenever we have a new person come in initially um, and, you know, we do our consultation, we kind of figure out where they're at where they want to go. Um, and it's very like, okay, cool. We, we know you want to lose 30 pounds. I always say it's a diagnostic approach, right? We know you want to lose 30 pounds, but why? Oh, like you want to be able to play with your kid more. Okay, cool. So maybe you going off and doing your own thing, it's probably not the best to get you there quicker. So then from there, we can kind of use that as leverage to put people into, you know, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one, and then we're adding in nutrition, accountability, you know, that's the, nowadays it's, it's more so people need help showing up for themselves um, and, and constantly being reminded of their goal. Um, we, we know how important nutrition is, you know what I mean? So is yes. that something that you've kind of implemented in with the one-on-one -on -one is the nutrition accountability aspect, which ultimately is the value of one-on-one, -on -one, which justifies prices and two, keeps people. Yes. In. Yes. Yeah. We, yes, we actually have a nutritionist here and we have a, we have a paper that you get when you join, tells you, you know, what foods do what, um, Jared's it's actually Jared's wife who is our, our, uh, our nutritionist. She's really good at it. So, and then we do like, you know, we take your measurements when you come in, which yeah. is, and every month we take new measurements. So you see something happening. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and, and yeah, we don't want you coming in here and like, we're not one of those where you come in and in your first day, we are going to just pound you right. where you cannot walk the next day. Right. Right. Then I you agree. Get, Nobody comes back then. No, nobody wants to hurt. Everybody has to go to work sometime. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> if, if you can't walk, you're not going to work. Then yeah. you're not coming to the gym. I would. I wouldn't come back either. I would feel like victimized. It would not be fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So, so Mike, what I want to touch on now is because you know you're like, hey, we want to double memberships. That's a goal of ours. What are we actively doing right now uh, to see new faces? get more people to us major major social media uh google um uh, our website is i would say our website's probably maybe 40 percent of our our people coming in but mainly social media okay cool I yeah a, i like that I you answered awesome, it that way <laughs> yes i have an awesome web girl she's uh you know she's on it and we that's that's where a lot of our money goes is to you know, all our social media stuff yeah that's interesting i think we should touch on that for a second because usually when i ask that question um it's word of mouth right that's that's most people live off of word of mouth but you're gonna always naturally have that you really can't stop word of mouth yes um it, but you know it's it's a slow trickle it's not controllable so you know paid advertising is something you can control so yes. uh, are we are we doing paid ads on facebook and instagram those are the two hardest hitting right now are we dabbling into those yes very much so that's where okay. that's where it's all going we boost uh everything everything okay. that we possibly can we're on a big boost on the gym right now just the gym we're not boosting you can boost you can you can do too much yeah, I okay. want to say so right now it's just the gym, just the 24 hour 
um, gym. That's all we're we're really pushing okay. with social media. Just the gym, just the twenty four hour. Okay, cool, gotcha. So let me ask you this: um, from from what we even let's just say last month, right? Um, how many new how many new faces did we see last month from what we've put into paid advertising? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm, we probably had um, for the whole month we probably had. I'm going to say 20 something signups. Okay. 20 something signups. Okay, cool. But they weren't all from social media. A lot of them were like, you just said, so word of mouth. Word of um, mouth. We also had a special going on. We were, we were, um, we were giving away a Yeti cooler for anybody, anybody that brings a friend in gets a, gets a ticket. And we had a big drawing for a Yeti cooler. So yeah. we had a lot of that come in where people brought their friends in. So I'm going to say, Maybe seventy percent came from social media last month. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I actually have like two, um, and I always say this on the episode because it's good for the listeners to hear too. But I want to share it with you is I have two rules of thumbs, if you will, about paid advertising. So the first one is I always say, okay, listen, you gotta, especially for people that haven't dabbled into it yet, or people that have and they're not having a whole lot of success, is one, find an expert. And an expert in your industry. So not just, you know, the guy down the street that has marketing degree, you know, yes. or our like wife's sister that messes around with it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. actually, actually someone that is in our industry and really only does marketing in our industry. So then from there has proven success. You know, they got to literally have proven success um, time over time again. And then from there, um, what they can do that we can't typically is they have they have the bandwidth and time and money to research constantly and put millions of dollars in what's hitting the hardest in the market. We don't have the time to do that because we're, we're coaching classes. We're signing people up. We're doing X, Y, and Z. We don't have time to mess around with that. So I would say that's, that's like my first one. So from there, I would say um, the, the second rule of thumb is have a three to one return on our ad spend so that's put a hundred bucks in get 300 back out if that's not bare minimum what you're getting i always say stick to word of mouth at that point you know what i mean like yes. that's that's my two things there with that um okay cool so with with the pace that it's going right now from paid advertising when are we projecting to double memberships like hit that hit that target goal uh, you know what? I, I would hit that goal tomorrow if I could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 right now with the way our the way the world is going right now, as far as this COVID thing goes, it is really controlling the amount of people that we have coming in here. Mm -hmm. um, they just had this spike of here in Florida. They just had the spike of people with this new COVID variant, we dropped down to nothing. We didn't see a, we didn't get a phone call, nothing. Then yeah. all of a sudden people were getting better and the numbers were dropping. We were getting eight signups a week. So mm -hmm. it's playing a big role right now on what you were just talking about. And it's hard to pinpoint something yeah. like that because- and the yeah, money you, you you just don't know they could tomorrow could be a new variant 
people are going to freak out and they're not going to want to come to the gym no more. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Let's say this is the situation we're stuck in, right? Like, man, you know, we're, we're not seeing as many new faces as we would like, whether it's our advertising or whether, it, whether it's COVID, whether it's what all of these different factors playing um, in effect. So uh-huh. my question is, have we tried to put any advertising out for the one-on-one, right? For the fact of let's work with our existing member, what we have now, um, because what's the saying? It's, what is it? Um, first money is easier. Is it second money is easier than first money? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. You got me on that one. <laughs> yeah. So That's my partner, Jared. Hey, Jared, right what's up? Guys, Jared walked in. He's in a he's in a hat and a white sweatshirt for people that you can't see him, you know. But what's up, Jared? You can say hi to the to the gym lords. Hi, gym lords. <laughs> and, yeah. All right, sweet, sweet. So, okay, cool. I know that you're one, you're like, hey, I would I would double the memberships tomorrow. Cool. But I still kind of want to hone in on the one-on-one part. Why haven't we done any advertising for that yet to be able to make the most of our existing member? Because it's it's second money is easier than first money. We do. Okay. We cool. we we concentrate on all of it. The boot camp, the person I'm just I was just saying for right now, as of yeah. today, like this week is we're boosting the gym. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, we were boosting the boot camp. You know, a month ago, we were boosting the personal training. Mm-hmm. So we we mix it up as much as we can. Yeah. But just right now, the gym, because like I said, the gym is the gym's what's keeping us alive. Yep. Yep. No, I hear you. you. Know? I hear you. Yeah. And so we are where we I concentrate on it all. I really do. I don't miss anything. Yep. Um, I, I would love to see. I would love to see another 150, 200 more clients by the end of the year, which yeah. is very, very doable for us. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when it's, when things are normal, I average probably eight or 10 new clients a week. Yeah. I mean, we, we have great growth here. We really do. So, and we have a ton of people coming into Florida right now. There is, there, there's a, buildings going on around us, just around this gym that it should bring our clientele up yeah. uh, quite a bit. Okay. Quite so we, a bit. Yeah. And um, the question as we're kind of nearing the end-ish of our time here, I always like to ask this question is if you could wave a magic wand, okay. And the business is like, poof, right where you want it to be. Um, where would it be? What would that be like? Uh, I think I'd like to have two gyms running to their capacity. Um, I would like to probably have triple my, my uh, trainers. And I'd probably like to have my six class, my six boot camp classes full every day. Yeah. That, that would be an ideal world. And it, it, it's not, it's, it's possible. Yeah. It totally. very much is possible. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I t- always told Jared what, during this thing, if we make it through this COVID thing, we're going to be millionaires mm-hmm. and we're on our way. Heck yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No I, doubt. Lo- I love to hear that. I definitely love to hear that because I see it every day, you know? So um, 
it's, it's an exciting thing. And I always tell people, it's like, it's like, it's not a matter of if you're going to get there. It's usually a matter of when and how can we get there faster? You know, yes. how can we, how can we kind of speed up this process? Maybe what would take you a year and start you there? You know, it's that type of thing. Like how, yes. how do we, how do we figure out to just get there faster? So that's always the, the, the question there. Um, okay, sweet. So yeah, Mike, what I would love for you to do as we close out here is, is let the, the listeners know um, any piece of advice for whether it's people that are still, they're in the industry now, you know, and they have been or anyone that's new coming into the industry, something that you would like to tell the listeners, something you wish you would have known, learned, whatever it may be um, in this industry. It, it, it's the beginning of it is very tough. You really have to, you have to grind. You, you really, really, really. And I'm not saying just in the beginning, but it's tougher in the beginning. I've been now, this is my fourth year. And it, there's I, every month I say, you know what? I can't do this no more, but you got to, you got to stand up and, and do it. And it happens. It's a tough business, but it's there. It'll happen. You just, if, if you want it, just go for it. Yep. There's That's a will, it. there's a way. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Okay, sweet. Mike, let, let the listeners know where they can find you on social media so they can give you a follow or check you out if they're in the area. We're at One Fitness Inc. on both um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, we, you could also go to One Fitness Nutrition, which is our nutritionist, and she she's uh she has all the pictures and everything of the gym too okay. so and we have our mascot squishy who's our little frenchie who has fifty six thousand followers so you can go to <laughs> you can go to his website too if you yeah, want that's awesome <laughs> i love that yes, yes. Frenchie. he's our little guy i love it i love it well <laughs> mike it was a pleasure having you on today Thank you, Jen. I, it was enjoyable. I was nervous in the beginning, but it was enjoyable. You made, you made it very easy. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, sweet. Well, um... Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Lizzie and Rob Carson from Concept Fitness in Long Island, New York. How are you two doing today? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you guys for being here today. I am excited to talk about your unique little corner of Long Island and what you're doing, how you develop the programs and the business model you have. So let's dive into it. Give me a description. Tell us what Concept Fitness is all about. So originally we had started Concept Fitness to be a premier rowing facility for rowing athletes, but it quickly turned into much more than that and became a local gym for people in the 
tri-state area to learn about proper movement mechanics and functional fitness and to learn about rowing. And now we've expanded to be rowing on the water so we could teach people the practical movements on the rower and then put it into play on the water and teach them the Olympic sport of rowing. Fantastic. So give us a little bit of a background. Uh, the two of you are both uh, pretty entrenched in fitness, fitness as sport, fitness as lifestyle. So what brought you to the point of going into business as concept and coming up with this kind of unique product that you have here? We met in the CrossFit world. I was a competitive CrossFit athlete and Rob was doing programming for some competitive CrossFit athletes. And that's how we met. And um, I had taken some, some time off from competing in CrossFit and got really into rowing. Rob has always been a competitive rower and um, it just had changed our lives so much that we wanted to share that with people. So we, we love the concept two machines and that was really the basis of our entire business was to take that passion that we have for concept two and uh, bring it to the masses in our area. And when did this facility officially open? 2019. Got it. So you have the vision, you put everything together, you start working, start growing things, and then pandemic hits. So we talked a little bit about how that changed uh, your long and short-term plans, kind of flip-flopped them. But for our listeners, give me an idea of what pivots you made, what things changed from um, you know, how you saw the gym and how it's affected where you are going in the future with it. So in 2019, when we opened, we quickly realized that our gym was going to be much more than just a premier rowing facility for rowing athletes because the community loved what we were doing and things were going great. Um, and then it just overnight, the world changed. And we had a five-year plan to get boats on the water and have a rowing club. And I pushed to make that happen during the first couple months of the shutdown. So what we did immediately was open our online program to all of our members. We loaned out every piece of equipment in our gym, barbells, dumbbells, rowers, bikes, everything we had. We emptied the space and brought it to our members' homes. And then we had online classes, five a day, to keep them moving because that felt like a priority to us because we knew that fitness would be the saving grace for people to survive the illness if they, if they got it at that point. And in the year that we were open, we had people that were losing a hundred pounds, 70 pounds. They were on medications for heart disease and diabetes, and they were off of those medications. So when we had to close our doors, I just felt an urgency to keep what we had done for the past year going because we were the reason that those people were not at high risk and wouldn't be flooding the hospitals. So once we got all the equipment out and we had gotten our online program into the homes of each of our members, we focused on our backyard, which was about 2000 square feet at the time. And um, we took that yard and we brought the boats in and started the crew right away. 
So that five-year plan ended up turning into a one-year plan. And um, having it be an outdoor gym at that point and a gym that was more sports and recreation than a gym, we were able to open in June, July, August, September. So it was three months before any other gym was able to reopen in the area. So we had all of our classes starting in June outside and we were teaching people how to row on the water already. So that was, it was good. It was so good. It was, kind of, it was scary fold. too at the same point. Cause she's like, you know, it was the five-year plan, which all right. And then it was like, all right, we're going to do this right away. We're going to fix up this yard. We have to close our doors right now. And I was like, so yeah, okay. membership was down about 30% because we had people that um, they went into their homes and didn't want to come out. And they didn't know how long would be, be that we would be closed for. And we had only been open a year. So we hadn't had a chance to prove to them that this was a priority in our lives and their success was a priority in our lives. So yeah, money wasn't coming in and I was spending everything that we had because <laughs> the boats <laughs> are very, very expensive for the water. We were looking at, you know, it's over a $50,000 investment. Then we had to build a floating dock, yep. a cantilever out to the dock. We had to level the backyard. We find had to coaches. put, <laughs> we had to find coaches that would come out of their homes. It was um, a huge undertaking. And it was at a time where a lot of equipment was impossible to find. And the price of lumber was nearly a hundred times yeah. the price of normal lumber. We couldn't even find pressure treated lumber. Oof. We were, you know, it, it was a crazy time. But I'm glad that I pushed for it because it kept us alive during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's there's something to be said for, you know, I think it's it's Tony Robbins who talks about he uses the quote, burn the boats, right? Get to the shore, burn the boats, and you can't go back. Like <laughs> you didn't burn the boats, you bought the boats. Yeah. It was you were you were all in, like, hey, we're gonna make this work right now. This is what we're all about. Um to a degree, taking advantage of something that not a lot of other facilities could offer, which was an outdoor recreation angle. So you could get back to having revenue sooner. But boy, if I can say so, what a ballsy move to just go ahead and say, hey, we're getting we're getting kicked in the head by COVID. Let's let's empty the bank account and go all in on this thing. So and it became it saved us though. It really did. It really did. Yeah, we became um if for Nassau County, we hired an attorney so that we could be registered as sports and recreation and not a gym. And then mm -hmm. we worked closely with another company here on Long Island, uh, Scoot and Surf, and they were still hosting all their surf camps. So uh, we worked closely with them and their attorney, and we had some of their paddle boards in our yard so that we were officially now sports and recreation. And well, kudos to you guys for instead of laying down and taking the fetal position, just just coming right back out and, you know, giving, giving COVID a throat punch back. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's only two ways you can go about it, right? You can either wait for things to happen to you or you can go out and make them happen. So anytime where I see somebody, and you know what, it, it could have very easily gone the other way and I'm happy that it didn't, but 
you pushed your chips in and and here you are sitting in front of me so let's talk about you know where we are now you know what the uh you know it obviously it fast forwarded your plan so you immediately become an in in studio and on water facility um so that changed opened things up for you a little bit sooner than you had planned so what do operations look like now and did anything besides being fast forward did anything in your plan get changed operationally has covid made you adjust how you do any things like what's the carryover from that covid has changed a lot for us i mean initially we became strictly an outdoor facility so all of our classes were held outdoors so we had tents for when it rained and when it got cold we had outdoor heaters and our programming changed because we used to have inside pen loaded machines and stations. So the people would do um, five rounds of one minute on, one minute off of rowing, and then five rounds of leg extension hamstring curl, then five rounds of TRX and rotating from station to station. But then when we had our classes outside, we could not do that anymore. And we had to follow our COVID protocol, which meant that each person would enter their station just lock them inside yep. <laughs> and they would um, have only their equipment in their station and they would not leave their station for the 50 minutes to an hour that they were with us. So they had their six foot area and all of their own equipment inside that six foot area. And we've kind of kept that to a degree going back inside. There are now just some days where we've brought back stations just recently um, where we'll have sled push or some type of TRX row or something like that. But um, a majority of our days are still where the people have their own station, all their own equipment, and they're all six feet apart from one another. Got it. All right. So now that you are in the configuration you have, still, still adjusting things, still working it in, you know, as you see fit to changing it. But where are you as far as restrictions, spaces, capacity? Are you at a point where do you have restrictions limiting the total number of clients you can have? Are you back into a growth phase of the overall size of the business? Where do you stand on that aspect? So before the pandemic, we would be able to get, what did we have? Sometimes 18 people yeah. inside. Um, we limit that now down to 12 to make sure that everybody has their own space, they're far apart. Um, when we're outside though, there's, you know, we don't, we only have the limitation of how much equipment we have. Because we have so much space outside. Yeah. We ended up even taking over the yard next door so that our spring and summer <laughs> seasons, our classroom is outside. Yeah. So, and that brings the comfort level um, to a tolerable level for a lot of people that are still really scared. And inside having, it down to 12 people keeps everybody comfortable because everybody could be six feet apart. And then, I mean, things have changed because the, everything is different. <laughs> the world is completely different and we're just riding that wave and pivoting to reach the comfort level of our members. Got it. So as far as let's, let's talk general membership because everybody, that's one of the big things that comes are you, are you full? Are you actively trying to add people, add classes, add coaches? 
Are you at a cap? Where are you as far as the actual, the, the size of your client base? So right now we have, um, how many classes a week? 63 classes Yeah, a we week. didn't change that. We didn't change that. We still have 63 classes. And um, our coach schedule. Mm -hmm. So we have room to grow our members because some of our classes are, don't have 12 people in them. So, you know, until every single one of those classes has 12 people in it, you know, until that point is reached, we don't need to add more classes to the schedule and we don't need to add more coaches because we have each of our coaches with their shifts that they're happy with. Um, but yeah, we're always wanting to add more people because we want more people to learn proper mechanics, proper mechanics on the rower and to find their inner athlete, especially in our area where, you know, obesity is an epidemic and the fact that people that are in poor health are at more risk of hospitalization if they get COVID. Yeah, so that 63 class number is a, is a little bit mind-blowing. That's definitely more than we see from the average facility. When you say you kept it, were you at 63 like pre-pandemic, through pandemic? You just, you kept the same number of classes. The only thing that varied was how many were in it the whole time? Yes. Yep. But you guys stuck to your guns harder than almost anybody that I've spoken to. So you know... These are the times that we're going to have. This is who we're going to be. And, and unless we get to a point where we're bursting at the seams in most or all of those classes, this is just where we see it being. It works with your personal training schedule, works with your team coaching schedule. That's what fits. And for you, that's, that's where you're going to stay, at least for the foreseeable future. Yes. Cool. All right. So I like that perspective of just knowing like, Hey, you know, we're not going to add class, take away class, add class, take away class. You're just like, we have them. We're just going to work on spreading our message. Yeah. And eventually it's be like a sure thing, you know? So like people can depend on us. Yeah. Like if six thirty is your time to work out, you're coming That's to, gonna be your time to work out. And we need yeah. that not only for our members, but for our coaches. Yeah. If they know that their shift is Tuesday, Thursday night, that's a three class shift. That wouldn't be fair to not let it be a three class shift for them just because the night class only has two people in it. That's and what about those two people? Those are, that's their, those are two lives, two schedules, yeah. you know? So every person counts as if they were 10 people to us. I, I cannot fault that, you know, that kind of frame of reference that you have at all. I haven't heard anybody put it out there that way, but it, it makes perfect sense. And I feel like if you feel that way, then everybody who's involved down the tree from the coaches to the athletes to really their families that are affected, I'm sure get that same feeling. So if it starts at the top, there you go. Nobody's ever going to question where they stand or what they're doing. So what that brings me to, um, you know, I'm sure a facility like yours, you do have some, some, you know, the niche target audience of people who are interested in rowing and then you have general fitness. So to a certain degree, a business like yours is always going to get um, some degree of word of mouth in referral base influx of new clients. Do you guys do anything above and beyond that? Do you do any active marketing, advertising? 
or are you still, you know, basically 100% organic? It's 100% organic. Yeah. We haven't done any advertising. It's just been all word of mouth. And in this town, I mean, I grew up in Oceanside. My husband grew up in Long Beach and we have good reputations. So people want to come train with us. So the, the word of mouth has been good. And so with that, the, the way that that always ties in, right? The next step down the train is always the sales process. So when you're mostly word of mouth referral based, it doesn't feel so much like a sales process as it does somebody who already knows about you just coming in and you solidifying what they think they already know. So what type of intake procedure do you use? Is there a consultation? Is there a workout? Is there personal training before people start groups? What does the onboarding process look like? So because our classes are small group fitness, it's almost like personal training in a, in a group setting. So there is no need for onboard because the workouts are scalable to any fitness level. So what uh, there truly is no onboard process or sales process either. Um, people book their first class through the website where we run our point of sale through um, MindBody. Mm -hmm. So they're directed from our website to MindBody where they create a profile, they sign their waiver, and they click on the first class that they want to attend. And then after they attend their first class, then they usually want to talk about memberships. And then that is all available as well through MindBody. So they could choose from the a la carte menu where they would buy single classes, 10 packs, single weeks or months, or they would most of them usually just do a contract after their first class and they would choose a one day a week membership, a two day a week membership or our unlimited membership. And now they can even sign up for a whole year. Lots of options there. Lots of sure. options. There's a little something for everyone. Yeah. A, a lot of something for sure. So people come in, um, you're, you're offering group training, which is kind of like semi-private almost, you know, or group personal training, you have, you know, specific personal training in your non-class hours, you have online programming, you have team training. What else are we missing? What else are you guys offering? What else is in the uh, bag? Of we now also have a virtual platform so people can um, sign up online and we have 10 minute workouts or even the full 45, 50 minute workouts that we have pre-recorded that they can do the workout at home. And all they need is a rower and two dumbbells, but they can, even if they have a bike, they could make the workout adapt to the equipment that they have at home. Got it. So I think the only stone as far as service offerings in a facility like yours, there are a million things, but the only other big one that we see uh, facilities going down to be kind of holistic is the combination of nutrition coaching and you know meals and supplements. Are those things that you are working on now that you offer or plan to at any point in the future? That was one thing we forgot. She yeah, does do that. We do. We do have a nutrition group. So that had started uh, organically last year. We had in January something called Are You Up for the Cut? And it was a nutrition group that grew. And we had the like 12 people lose 20 pounds 
and that was the minimum weight loss. We had one member that lost 87 pounds, not wow. in the month, but you know, he continued on and the group continued on. And now we have um, a nutritional guidance program where there's um, a check-in once a week. So that's a half an hour phone call with the member. And then there is Sunday where they have, they have to record um, themselves front side back and step on the scale so there's two check-ins a week and then they have to log their food and we're uh friends on my fitness pal so i could you know go over all their food so i am um a precision nutrition graduate and that group has been great and in our retail store we sell you know like sweatshirts and t-shirts but we also sell um bio steel sports, you know, protein powder, creatine, and those are the supplements that I take. And as a CrossFit Games athlete, that's one supplement line that is on, uh, it's been, it's a safe sport supplement line. So those, all of those um, products have been third-party tested so that anybody that's competing on this level knows that those products are safe to take if you are drug tested in your sport. So um, that becomes real important at that level. Yes. Yes. So yeah, everything that we sell, um, you know, in, in that area has been third party tested because that's something that's really important to me. And I have to be careful with the things that I take. And, you know, I think that everybody should be really careful with the things that they take. So I feel like there, I've even certified every product that we sell there. Yeah. It's a lot easier to sell something if you can stand behind it and say, Hey, this is what I take. Doesn't mean it's the right or the best thing for everybody, but if you say like, "Hey, I do all my research. I've been doing this XYZ," at least they know you're not selling them something and then going and taking something else. You're just selling something for the money. So, yeah. yep. you guys have a lot of aspects of the training, you know, you have your ancillary services, you, you know, kicks COVID's ass pretty pretty hard in return. Um, it really feels like you're firing on all cylinders. Do you have anything, you know, any dragons left to slay, any any battles that you're still fighting? Like what's on the 2022 agenda for you guys to, uh, you know, to add into your repertoire? Is there anything or, is, or are you guys just rolling with the flow at this point? I mean, one of the things that we, you know, talked about when we first got started was, you know, starting like a crew team. So we would like to, you know, eventually get in with a high school or make it a private club, but ideally a high school would work best. So that's one of those things that we're still, you know, really working on. Yeah, I would love to um, have a big team <laughs> coming out of concept fitness yeah. yeah we did a water race and you know um to me and lizzie it was it was new you know we've done all the indoor races but the water race was new to us so like the etiquette of it and everything like we showed up in our black sweatshirts and, and you're not allowed to wear black <laughs> everybody wears like the bright colors because you're in the water um so it was a learning experience but it was also like you know, it I want to bring a team too. here. Yeah. And like, I feel that rowing and the sport of rowing um, needs a little mix up, needs a change. I think it needs a little bit of us in it 
to open it to more people because it is a life-changing sport. And I think some people shy away from it because they think that it's only for um, the wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, like the North Shore of Long Island, that's where it's really big. But the South Shore, we are the only outdoor rowing facility, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's wild. We'd love to expand that program. It would be nice to see, um, you know, and I don't know, it's it's not the only way it's, it, and they can't say it's the, the only contributor, but, you know, CrossFit expanded the world of Olympic weightlifting, which I know is something that you're also kind of near and dear to your heart and you have an Olympic class that you teach. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it has spawned off as many rowing specific facilities or as much interest as it did for Olympic weightlifting. And, and who knows, maybe there's just a, there's a niche there waiting, waiting for more people to take advantage of it. But it is definitely, um, you know, it's, it's great in a lot of ways. It's great for populations. I know, uh, Rob, you came upon it to a certain degree doing some rehab and doing some, you know, some kind of injury recovery that you had. And for a million reasons, I mean, we could probably all geek out on on the advantages of rowing and heck it's we're in the Northeast. It's, it's super cold. And, you know, rowing is for me is better than running. I I've never, uh, <laughs> I've never been the biggest fan there, but I think with good technique, be, you know, being on the concept two equipment is amazing. So I think you guys are doing some really cool stuff out there. So um, really, as we run down on time, the last question I have, and you guys can answer this together, or if you both have your own answer, that's cool too. Uh, you've been around competitive athletics for a while, general fitness population, now business owners, programmers, you have all these different things. Um, if you could pick out one lesson, something that you've learned that served you the best or something that you could share with our audience, uh, business owners, trainers, coaches, things like that, that you think has served you the best, what do you think that would be? Good question. <laughs> um, There's been a lot of lessons over the past three years. I usually but, say pick the one that hurt the most. Because those are usually the ones you learn the most from, right? <laughs> there are a lot. I mean, for me, my lesson was listening to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important lesson. And that has not necessarily anything to do with business. But like all jokes aside, when, you know, when COVID happened and, you know, we looked out into our backyard through a side door, we didn't even have a back door going into it. Um, it was just rocks and there was, wasn't fences up, you know, there was weeds everywhere. And, you know, Lizzie said, we're going to turn this into the best outdoor spot that anybody could go to. They're going to be able to work out. They're not going to be afraid of anything because they're outdoors. And, you know, then we started going over numbers of what it was going to cost. And I, my head was spinning, but um, ultimately it was the thing that saved us. Yeah. I never really got nervous about that part because <laughs> um, I, I guess the best advice I would have is for people to know if they were embarking on opening a facility that um, a lot of fear can be put to, to the side if that is their true passion. So I need fitness in my life and I get a tremendous amount of joy of sharing the knowledge I have for proper movement with people. So as long as I get to do that every day, um, I'm happy. And really nobody could take that away from me. 
So we've been through, you know, problems with partnership disputes. And, and that was a super scary time. But at the end of the day, like I still got to wake up and do what I love. Like, you know, I'm going to be at that gym every morning by 4.30 a.m. I'm going to have that door open, snowstorm, COVID, flood, the lights are going to be on and people know that I'm going to be there. And that's what brings me joy. So, I mean, if, if people are doing it for the money, they're going to be scared and they're probably going to fail because their heart isn't in the right place. So I guess my advice would be to make sure that your heart is in the right place. Because then there's there's no chance that uh, we will fail because I know what I'm going to do every day because I need it for me. Well, I don't think there's any way we're going to top that. So <laughs> on that note, the last thing that I want to get before we let you go is where can people find you if they want to reach out, if they want to talk to you more about your concept, other owners, trainers listening, uh, people that want to check you out, they want to come find you on Long Island social media websites, uh, where can, where can we find you? So my social media is Carson underscore EBC. That stands for engine by Carson. Um, it involves my online, you know, sorry about the dogs, my online, um, rowing program and, you know, endurance program that I do for a lot of CrossFit athletes. Um, Lizzie's personal one is lizziecarson.row. Got her to change it from the CrossFit side to the rowing side, which I was very happy about. <laughs> and then our um, our website is conceptfitnessny.com. And our Instagram is conceptfitnessny. Awesome. Well, I thank you two for being here with us today. Appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having us. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in, spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you. We'll get you on ASAP. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with G-Fit from Body Exclusive Fitness in Birmingham, Alabama. What's up, G-Fit? How are you today? What's up, lady? What's going on, Brianna? 
Good to see you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's waste no time here. Let's just get right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? So I started early in the 80s. Um, actually, I started in fitness when I was in the United States Navy and um, started out um, as a way to improve my physical state and for physical fitness tests, but also just to improve my physical appearance. Um, started out in Pensacola, Florida in a Navy-based um, gym facility. Um, I had a trainer by the name of Don McKeon, who's actually 82 years old, and he's still training people today. Wow. Uh, yes, he's still in the game. And so <laughs> I always thought and spoke about having my own facility, but through the years of just working under as an independent contractor, when I relocated and moved to Atlanta, I um, worked under someone else's you know, leadership and someone else's, you know, um, facilities. And as you grow older and as you mature in the business, you want to particularly do some things your way, not having to do them someone else's way. Right. And a lot of times when you're in other people's facilities, you have to go as they say and do as they say do because it's their facility. And certain styles of training that you may want to implement or different, you know, opportunities, different, you know, situations that will allow you to grow in your business, mm -hmm. you will be in turn somewhat blocked from doing so because it's their facility. Right. So um, eventually I always thought about having my own facility, but not particularly a gym. Okay. I wanted something because I've worked in big box gyms the whole time I've been training. And then I got opportunity to work in a private studio and I saw the difference. Mm -hmm. And so with me working in um, a private studio versus a gym, I'm like, hmm, you can control the flow of clients, but also um, you can give that more individualized attention, not so much the distraction of other people who may not very well be working with trainers, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So so it gave me opportunity to say, hmm, and, and especially to the type of clientele that I was trying to cater to. So if you're trying to cater to some of your upper echelon clientele, they like that one-on-one -on -one individual um um, facilities that will allow them to have attention focus on them. Right. Hence the name Body Exclusive Fitness. That's why I named my facility Body Exclusive Fitness because is the exclusivity of it makes people feel that they're getting that individualized attention, which they are, but facility wise and training wise. Right. And so, yeah. So uh, um, I, I wanted to get my own facility, but I didn't know it was going to be many, many, many years later, right. and in a different state that I would not doing it in Atlanta and I would end up doing it in Birmingham. And um, unbeknownst to me, I was fortunate enough to land a opportunity to be as a featured trainer on the WBRC6 Fox News exercise segment called Exercise Mondays, which gave me a lot of publicity and a lot of exposure. So with that yeah. being said, it brought a, a, another avenue of validation, if you will, not just the years of experience, the certification, but being on in the public eye. It also brought me the opportunity to be exposed and be validated in that in that capacity. So then hence the state, when I got my own facility, then I could do things exactly how I wanted to do them and how the type of trainers that I see fit that match my style of training as well. Right. So yeah, so that that's kind of high I guide geared towards wanting to have my own personal training studio. Yeah. Definitely. So okay. that, that's how I got in, in, in 
that that um direction. All right. So yeah. first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. Absolutely. And so it was, uh, you know, starting out as a personal trainer, definitely good to gain that experience prior to owning your own facility. But it kind of was sparked by the idea of kind of wanting to do things your way and, and do what you wanted to do. So Absolutely. eventually getting yourself to the place where you were able to open your own facility and start implementing some of those things and uh, provide the services that you wanted to provide with the people that you wanted to provide them with Absolutely. and to. So Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So now what does your business model look like now are we doing just personal training sessions we're personal yeah. training only how are you structuring things what does that all look like okay so right now we're just doing one-on-one -on -one training i have is myself and another trainer okay and so we were doing boot camp classes but in lieu of, of what happened pre-pandemic post-pandemic to be able to you know kind of usher in um the clients that we were catering to their confidence level you know what i mean because i have a smaller facility so even when we we're doing classes i never had a class bigger than 10 because i wanted people to still get that somewhat intimate attention but also not, not just getting the classes so big where you feel you kind of get lost in the sauce so now we're only just doing one-on-one -on -one training for right now which we soon to be restarting the boot camp class but it's just i'm trying to find my space and place and in, in, in the market and doing so in the area that i'm in and post um, post pandemic but just pretty much one-on-one -on -one training right now and the model looks like you know we have myself and another trainer we have this facility is big enough that we block the gym off he has his side of the facility i have my side of the facility there's still social distancing going on and and we normally we try to stagger our clients when I'm in, you know, I'm you know, kind of we may it's very rarely that we're in there together. But if we are indeed we're we are still social distancing. But also um we normally kind of client um you know are res re respective of each other's clients and timing that we kind of kind of stagger the clientele. So he might have a studio in the in the evenings a lot more because I'm busy most often time in the morning, he's busy in the afternoon. So it kind of works out for the both of us. Right. So just pretty, pretty much one-on-one -on -one training that we're doing right now, but soon it'd be implementing um, the boot camp classes probably starting next month. Just And we're probably going to be doing them outside. Unless okay. the weather is, is not permittable, then we'll bring it inside. But yeah, for most part, it'll be an outside boot camp for three days a week, something along the sort. But primarily my focus right now is one-on-one -on -one training. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It completely makes sense, you know, especially coming off of COVID. And I mean, a lot of facilities that were doing groups prior to either have kind of transitioned into semi-privates and one-on-ones because people were mm -hmm. feeling more comfortable with that. But things are starting to kind of be more comfortable now and people are kind of mm -hmm. getting used to the idea again of being in groups and things like that. So that's good. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, as far as the membership goes, how many clients are you currently serving? Um, at this particular time, I think my trainer has, I, I have about, okay, so you have a, a steady rate, and then you have some long-term client to stop, start, stop, start, you know. Right. You have a certain client that's been with you, I'm gonna say eight years, but train three months, gone four months, come back two months, gone, you know. So I have those, infrequent flowers flowers but then i also have consistent people who have made this a lifestyle right but and they're a lot more consistent so i'm thinking between 15 and 20 consistent clients you okay. know so if i i have a baseline 
with the rates that I'm charging, um, a 15 to 20 fluctuation rate. Now, five of those or 10 of those may be, like I said, the infrequent flyer, but a good, steady, consistent 15. Okay. I mean, that works for me for a small studio like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. Okay. And now, what does the marketing piece look like? How are you getting the word out there to more people about what you're doing? And then especially as you start to transition back to these group classes and obviously kind of getting more people involved in those, uh, sure. how are we getting the word out there? So one of two ways. I use social media. Um, I had an Instagram account, but it was hacked. So I haven't oh, restarted. No. I haven't gotten the opportunity to even think about. I never did a whole ton of business or if any business at all on Instagram. Facebook, I've been very, when it first came out, I was very, very, very successful. And I think since they changed the algorithm, it kind of leveled off. So, but still, it the basis of it still works for me. Um, so loosely social media with Facebook, um, but more importantly, what has been exposure to me is the, the television piece. The local news has been yes. really, really, and I've done interviews with, um, uh, um, with certain magazines and things like so, but it's been a waste, so it hasn't affected me locally. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It gives you like um outside of Birmingham recognition, but it, you know, how does that factor into the clients? It really doesn't. It's just, you know, right. it, it it really doesn't really, but the local, and I'm on the number one, the highest rated number one news station in Alabama. So not just Birmingham, but it's Alabama that has a high rating. Yeah. So and, uh, and and I'm the most requested on there. So it's a lot of different variations, being the most requested, being on there for six years and being on there. And I'm also the fall guy. So the fall guy, meaning not negative fall guy, but fall guy is someone, if you are scheduled to be on that Monday and you like, oh, I can't do it. Hey, G, can you do it? I'm ready to go. So he could call me up and I'm, I'm set, ready to go. He could come to my studio and we can make it happen. So it gives you opportunity to be seen a lot more. Definitely. So the, the TV has worked really, really well for me. So it's been great exposure. Um, great, great, great opportunity for, for me to really be in the people's eyes. And also to get a high level of clientele. You know what I mean? Right. So yes. it gives you clientele that people can really afford you that when you quote your race to them, um, they are open and receptive if they've done their research and knowing a, a trainer that has as much experience as I have and to meet a trainer that has his own, own studio privately, um, they're willing to rise to the occasion to, in my opinion, pay what you're requesting. Right. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah, getting the right yeah. people in front of you is definitely an important piece of that because we don't want to so, be yeah. wasting Absolutely. time and resources on people that maybe aren't really interested in the services that you're providing and you want the Indeed. people coming to you that are serious about reaching their goals and that are willing to pay you know your your pricing to mm -hmm. to reach those goals so definitely sure. important pieces there now what are your main focuses for 2022 within the business what are you directing most of your attention to right now and where mm -hmm. are you kind of looking to take it by the end of 2022 so hopefully what i would like to do is continue to keep growing the business and i want to have a secondary location in huntsville alabama i think okay. that is um an area that I want to, I've done some loose, um, you know, looking around there, so to speak, and and I would like to eventually get a 
studio there and have the trainers that I'm currently have under my tutelage now who's training as well to kind of take over that location and me try to grow and establish another location in not just here locally in Birmingham, but outside of Birmingham, somewhere else. You know what I mean? To yeah. get to Huntsville in the area that is up and coming, that's going to be, in my opinion, the best kept speaker or that gives you the taste and feel of Atlanta, but not so much traffic and not so much hustle bustle, but kind of gives you that next area because since Atlanta has become over and my oversaturated with trainers and gyms and business and things of that sort, you kind of want to get away from that. Everybody wants to go there and relocate there, but not knowing that you could be a great trainer, but you need to get in the area where there's not so much competition. You know what I mean? Not saying there's going to be competition everywhere you go, but then if you got, if, if it's only 10 people fishing in a lake, going to a person, a lake that's got a hundred fishing poles in it. Yeah. We just got 10 people fishing it, but 10 versus hundred is going to be a lot different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so that's that's what I mean. So growing the growing the location there I'm at right now. Um, mm -hmm. and so we just had a refurbishing um some new owners that purchased the building that I'm in that brought a whole different vibe to it because they have invested a whole bunch of money into it. And I've been there and people were like, I didn't even know you guys existed because the building looked somewhat un un unused when I was in there, but I was still getting people. So now that they've got it and and really 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 did a great job of fixing it up it draws attention to it and it's a great standout and so right. it draws eyes to it so i'm getting a lot of walk-ins here lately so that's been a small level of marketing if you will just the yeah. the color that they paint the building the attractions that they've done the new upgrades that they've done so it that's been getting some loose marketing as well so yeah to grow the business possibly and potentially relocate uh, uh get another second location in Huntsville and you know that that's pretty much it okay all right yeah I and mean, to um to, to to increase merchandise line as well uh, okay um, yeah 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 absolutely yeah that definitely helps as far as making the building stand out more and making it more appealing and and drawing more people in that's awesome now mm -hmm. when we're talking about the marketing piece what is your target market who are you speaking to when you are marketing and how did you go about defining that well i knew i was i had to change my mindset so atlanta birmingham is two different places because people are a lot more image conscious in atlanta because you got models actresses athletes wives you know celebrities and things so so people are in the public eye a lot more and just the people that have moved there the, the social dynamic there wants you and calls for you to be a certain um, <laughs> physical um, look, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. and then also it's a conversation piece also as well. Um, there are people that are looking to lead and be a healthier version of themselves to look better, but then it's a conversation piece as well because most people that are in the upper echelon of financial people that have expendable income, most oftentimes they do have trainers. Mm -hmm. And so um, what was the question again? I just want to make sure I'm- uh, uh, Yeah, no worries. Again? Uh, your target market and how you were- Oh, able target to market. Oh, it. I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. Um, so I was trying to compare my clientele to what I was experiencing here in Birmingham. So the clientele I'm trying to go to, you're more, the, the vast majority of my clients are gonna be female. The vast majority of my clients are gonna be professional people. Mm -hmm. um, but also people that I don't have to do an ultimate sales job on the importance of 
looking good and the byproduct of living a healthy lifestyle is looking uh looking good you want to feel good but then also i want your your numbers your high your, your high blood pressure if you are working with that to be able to come down or get off the meds along with diabetes and things like so whatever ailments that you may have um i want that to be a, a, a main concern of your other than just wanting to be physically um and aesthetically pleasing to people i want you to be holistically spiritually and physically uh, um, in, in in the best state that you can be in right yeah. absolutely so so I'm, most of my clientele are, are people that can afford expendable income that won't be stopped starting and you factored into that budget just as if you're going to paying their mortgage or something like that you're a part of their life even mm -hmm. if they're looking towards retirement like one of my clients stated to me that she will in turn spoke with her accountant she wanted to make sure her standard of living is maintained by her in retirement, but also she's able to afford a trainer as well. Yes. So even in retirement, they still want to forward and continue on with this lifestyle that they've gotten accustomed to in this right. healthy version of right. themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah. Okay. So a professional clientele, primarily yeah. female, yeah. but I have no problem with training males, but your 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 I might expose and experience is going to be going to a professional female that a lot more receptive to my um you know business and services so yeah right. absolutely okay mm -hmm. and now are there any bottlenecks within the business that are really kind of grabbing your attention right now or any key challenges that you feel like kind of keep coming up that you're addressing currently um i mean you could always be finding people that don't bring that ultimate level of professionalism that you do i'm certified through alpha and ace I'm insured. Yep. Um, yeah. I have over 30 years of experience. So I think just being flooded with people that are that are looking for the, the art of the deal. And so what that takes place is trying to sell your services on saying, oh, I know this guy that hangs out at the gym. He's a trainer. Okay. Is he certified? Is he insured? Um, does he bring the level of expertise in? And you know, you're getting what you pay for. And it, yeah. and, and everything that you always to liken as a deal. Is not most oftentimes is a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, that that's the thing about it, just finding the weed out those people that are not trying to get something for nothing, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or yes. to bottom your uh, you, I I can't downgrade my services, so I shouldn't have to downgrade my price. So if my price is going to be set with it, if I take you on as a client, it's not like I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you the reduced version of what I'm doing. No. I'm just not. It's going to be my level of expertise, my level of professionalism at the price that I'm at. And it's not open for discussion. You know what right. I mean? Absolutely. So you find yourself not attempting to compromise because once you compromise your your product, your services, then you have, you're, you're compromising what you represent as, as a professional. One of my brother clients always told me, always told me people don't respect anything that they get for little or nothing or they don't pay for it. Mm -hmm. So people, when you when you rise to the occasion of paying what you're paying, then your accountability is going to be up because you don't want to be wasting money. But also, you get something of substance, of quality. So people that get that get it, and the people that don't, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's also, you know, a a big thing on perceived value. You sure. know, it's like when something doesn't cost anything, we don't expect to get a really good product or a good service or, like you said before, you know, you get what you pay for. 
And Absolutely. that's true, Absolutely. you know, and when you're providing that super high level of service with all of the experience to back it up and, you know, it's, it's important that you charge what you're worth for it sure. and, and hold sure. to that and, and not compromise. Like you said, you know, you're not going to compromise your level of service. So why would you compromise right. your, your price point? That's correct. So, that's correct. Absolutely. And I think as you get mature in your level of professionalism, expertise, knowledge, and skill set, you're a lot more like I quote my price and I don't blink an eye. You either can afford me, you can't. I don't do I don't do sales job. Like I'm not trying to sell you on what I do. Obviously, you've seen and have been interested in my level of skill set, training, expertise. And so if you are already here for that, then you should understand that there's a price point that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. And so if that because when you got people that's trying to phone shop you how much you charge like if you were on the operating room if you was on the table and the physician needs to save your life and you was about to die when you look up and ask the physician oh doc how long how much is it going to take to save my life at this moment you right. wouldn't so the same thing here it's just spaced out over an extended period of time the same scenario same situation same analogy it's just the timings and the spacing of it is a lot different exactly that's yeah it. Absolutely. That's a really good way to look at it. You know, sure. over time, exactly. You are saving people's lives and, and changing their lives, bettering their quality of life, extending their life in a lot of cases. So, you know, it is important and people shouldn't be afraid to invest in that. So that's a, a really good way to look at it. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, opening their own facility, doing their own thing, what would that be? Well, first of all, location is going to be key. Mm -hmm. um, just because you got low and cheap gym rent don't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. Now, if you already have an established brand and name and people are willing to travel where you are because you are a reputable face, reputable brand, reputable trainer, then yes, that would fine. So I would tell them to make sure they get um, an adequate and, and productive location, but also don't, what are you trying to provide? Are you trying to open a private studio? Are you trying to open a gym? Cause I have, I have a lot of friends who've opened up gyms, but they're no longer busy. And, and so, but they tried to go too big too soon and trying to fill up the kind of space in the overhead was killing them. You know what I mean? Like you got, yeah. got a space that's 8,000 square feet. I'm like, your, your light bill is extremely high. Your water bill and trying to get people to fill it up and trying to, start that up like then you're not an established brand you're not going to be in business for long but get something no. that you can truly afford even during the downtime because when right. you got it so that you like okay how many clients is going to take for me to actually keep this, the doors open and then once you find it out you can factor it up so you say i'm gonna need at least six clients just not including what you need to just make off the residuals to be able to allow you to just maintain your standard of living i'm talking about just to maintain your doors and keep it open see how many clients this, this is going to take. And then if that is an astronomical number that you're not able to maintain during the peak and, and peak season of training, which may be, you know, I don't know, summertime, whatever your peak season may be or your mm -hmm. down season, if you're not able to do it like that, then you're going to be in, in, a, in, a, in a bad way. So find a place that you can really afford and you can do the upkeep on during the down the downtime. That's going to yeah. be the key factor. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And, not know, trying to go so big. You know what I mean? Great. Right. You know, don't just go into business, just grow into it. Exactly. Um, my, my facility is that I want to be able to have enough spacing in there that I can train my people comfortably, but then not a space where I'm afraid to cut the air conditioning 
telling you, you're in there and it feels like you're in the Sahara Desert or yes. you're in the studio and it feels like you're in Alaska somewhere. Like I can make my facility comfortable because it's big enough to not need a whole bunch of um, heating and cooling. When I run it, I can run it and have a somewhat decent uh, bill on lights, a somewhat decent bill on um, you know, um, the, the, the rent itself, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, right. start, get what you can afford. Don't let other people try to tell you what you should have, and what you shouldn't have, because when it's all boiled down, you're going to have to be the one to pay for it. That's right. Absolutely. You know? So, so that, that's what I would tell them. Be cognizant of a size and location and get something that you can afford and just go, right. don't, just don't try to go big. Just start out small and grow into big, grow into your business. And when right. you need a bigger space, you'll know when you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so don't try to get a big space and try to grow into that. Start out small, grow into, outgrow your building. Exactly. So yeah. Grow into it. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And building that super solid foundation of clients that you have that you can rely on to cover at least your overhead, you know, is going to be extremely extremely important. Um, just mm-hmm. to be able to maintain, you know, during like you said, the, the, maybe not so great times as well as, sure. as well sure. as the great times. So, Absolutely. all right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Okay. You can find me at body exclusive fitness on Facebook. Also, um, my gym location is actually in Birmingham, Alabama. It's called body exclusive fitness. And my address is 266 Gaston highway, Suite 202, and my number is area code 205-808-6454. Again, the number is area code 205-808-6454 from Body Exclusive Fitness, Birmingham, Alabama. I'm Gerald G. Fit Brown, known as Birmingham's toughest trainer. Awesome. Love it. So G Fit from Body Exclusive Fitness in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.